text for the sermon this day is taken from that reading from Mark 14, which you heard a little bit ago. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus had recently told them, had given them these answers to these questions. James and John had asked, Lord, can we sit on your left and your right hand when you enter into glory? They had seen Jesus when he was transfigured, so they must have imagined it'd be a pretty awesome deal to be on his left and on his right. And he said, you do not know what it is you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup with which I drink? Jesus, not many days before this reading from Mark 14, he told all of his disciples to stay awake. Keep watch because the Lord may come at a time you do not expect. Just this very e- the, that very evening from Mark 14, right before, before this had happened, Jesus had predicted, he said that Peter would deny that he even knows who Jesus is, not once, not twice, but three times. And so here he is putting them to the test, and he's telling them, keep watch. Stay awake, pray. The flesh is weak. So he tells them to pray, to watch Jesus. To keep their eyes on him. Because from him they may learn what it means to take that cup. From him, Peter will be put to the test as to whether or not he would deny Jesus. Because when he was told he would deny Jesus, he said, Lord, I would never do this. And here, he will not be able to make it even one hour keeping awake. But Jesus wanted them to have their eyes on him, that they may learn from him, that they may look upon him as he prayed in great agony, because he knew everything that was to befall him in those few hours. He knew that as he was praying, One of his own students, his own disciples, was at work betraying him. He he knew it would not be long before that very same disciple would lead a battalion of soldiers to him to be arrested and betray him with a kiss. He knew that he would be dragged away in chains. That he would be struck in the face, that he would be spat upon, he would be mocked, he would be humiliated. He knew that he would be stripped naked, that he would be beaten and flogged. He knew that he would be forced to carry a 125-pound piece of wood down the streets of Jerusalem while people mocked and jeered him. He knew that he would have nails driven into his hands and his feet. He knew he would hang upon that cross for six hours and he would slowly suffocate and die. He knew that he would be abandoned by God the Father, that he would be literally, as the word means, he would be literally damned. 
He knew he would be laid into a tomb. And he who created, spoke the entire world into existence, would lie dead in a tomb. And he knew the whole way he would be carrying the sins of the entire world. Every single sin that had ever been committed up to that point and every single sin that ever will be committed afterwards, he would carry the guilt of it all. He knew it was all coming. And so he was in great anguish, great agony. And the disciples, if they were keeping watch, they could see that. They might even see that his agony was so deep that he was actually sweating drops of blood. Which scientifically, yes, can happen. Where the blood, where a person becomes so stressed, the blood vessels burst and they mix with the sweat glands. And so blood comes out your pores. And yet, they didn't see this. They didn't watch it because they were asleep. They could not keep their eyes open. They did not hear Jesus as he said, let this cup pass from me. Make no mistake about it. Jesus did not want to be crucified. Because he knew everything that went with it. There's one of these ideas that we sometimes get that God couldn't have saved us by any other means. The fact that Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me, shows that he knew that maybe that God the Father could come up with another plan that didn't require his death. Sometimes we get an idea that when we that when we pray, we have to have the right faith. And if you have the right faith, then God will always answer your prayers, yes. But who of us can say we have greater faith than Jesus? For when Jesus prayed that the cup, yes, that cup that James and John, he asked, are you able to drink of it? They did not know that to stand, stand in his glory was to be on the left and right cross. He prayed that that cup would pass from him. And he who is faith itself, the answer was no. Even the most faithful prayer, our Heavenly Father will say no. And Jesus even but included in that prayer the words that we find so difficult to say. Yet not my will, but your will be done. We say it in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done. A, word, a prayer of extraordinary faith. Knowing that God could change the course of your life. Give you what you, need, you are praying for. And he might say no. And no will be exactly what you need. Jesus, they could watch him and learn how to pray. To learn that in prayer, you are ultimately still submitting to God's will. And his will is greater than ours. He knows what we don't know, 
And he will say no to things that we want very, very badly. And I'm not talking about just getting a fancy car. I mean, he might say no to getting better. Just as he said no to Jesus about being crucified. They were to learn that. But they could not keep awake. It's so easy for us to get point fingers at James and John and Peter and say, I cannot believe you guys. How could you not keep awake during this whole thing? It was just one hour. But how many could say that they never struggled to get through a service? How many of us can honestly say that we make it through an entire service without our mind ever wandering. And by the way, even when I'm up here, I, my brain wanders. Being honest. So my mind sometimes thinks, okay, what do I got to do next? And so there was a, there's a story of Martin Luther where he challenged a man to pray the, Lord, the entire Lord's Prayer without falling into sin once. And the man could not do it. And by the way, and you're thinking, well, what a horrible sinner. If you think you could do it, you're not very honest with yourself. I guarantee it, your mind at some point will wander. Especially because we know the word so well. It's so easy for us to just go on autopilot and just say the words, not thinking one bit about any of the words we are saying. We are just like them. We have the same weak flesh where we struggle to keep watch. We struggle to keep awake. In fact, this is the reason why the church traditionally, the oldest service in the entire church is a service that happens on a Saturday. Nowadays, it happens usually pretty early in the day. But it used to happen right about midnight. They would start at midnight. They'd gather in the dark with candlelight. And they'd come to the church. So it was completely darkened. The reason was, was because the day before was Good Friday. They came to the church and it was so dark. It was actually, this was back before heating. So it was actually, they, it was literally cold in the church. And they'd come into the church and they would spend time in scripture. They'd spend time in prayers. They would have mass baptisms. They would celebrate the Lord's Supper. The traditional sermon is actually one of the shortest sermons of the entire year. It lasts maybe two minutes. But the service itself, when extended out all the way, is about three hours. Of course, this is called the Easter Vigil. The word vigil means keep watch. It was the church practicing what God had commanded. They, were, they did it on that particular night. Because the thing is, is, and yes, it is a long service. It is weary. If you want to ever practice one of these, Go to, an, 
I did it once. I went to a Greek Orthodox church. And they did a full, um, they did the full service. It was three hours. And they had, you had a whole candle. The candle was supposed to be lit the whole night. Mine barely made it because I was sitting underneath the air conditioner. So it was almost gone. But they would stay the whole three hours. The church would be filled to the brim. And they had this huge meal afterwards. Some people would actually carry their candle to Perkins and have it still lit. The whole idea was you weren't supposed to put it out until you entered your home. But see, the whole idea of this service, and literally it goes back to the first century. It was practiced by the apostles. The whole idea was putting into practice what the disciples failed to do. To pray and keep watch. See, they weren't supposed to, they were, he was not telling them to keep watch for the guards. They want, he wanted them to keep their eyes on him. Look at him. Learn from him. Learn from him to pray. Learn from him in his agony. Learn how he is suffering for you. Look upon him in agony and all of it is for you. You who couldn't keep awake. You who could not, we cannot make it through even one little minute without falling into temptation, falling into sin. He's telling us keep watch on him. And notice, when he found them asleep, he didn't say, you know what? You guys can't keep awake for one hour. I'm done with you. I'm not going to go to the cross and die for people like you. He didn't say that. He still was arrested. And when they pulled out a sword and tried to free him, what did he do? He said, put the sword away. He still went to the cross. For these sinners who could not stay awake. For this Peter who did, in fact, deny Jesus. This James and John who wanted glory for themselves. He still died for them. As the epistle lesson we'll hear on Sunday. While you are still a sinner. While you are so weak and helpless that you cannot keep your eyes open for one hour. He still dies for you. He still went to the cross for you. Knowing. Because he saw you on that cross. Even though your parents, parents, parents hadn't even been conceived. He knew how you were going to be. And he still went to the cross for you. The entire season of Lent, that hymn that we just sang, go to dark Gethsemane, learn from Jesus Christ to pray, it ends. Look at him as he prays. He prays with full faith. Knowing that ultimately in his prayers, he is praying that God's will be done. Even if it is contrary to what we want. Learn from him to bear the cross. To be a Christian means to suffer. Means suffering will come. 
Yes, there are many good days, many blessings that will happen, but do not be surprised when suffering comes. If they persecuted our Lord, should we experience, expect any more? Learn from him, from Jesus Christ to die. The season of Lent is all about preparing you to die. That's why when you get to the Maundy Thursday service, what happens at the end? The altar is all stripped, reminding you that one day you will be stripped because you are lying dead. You can't take your riches. You cannot take anything with you. You cannot even take your family and friends. The one you will need is the one who was on the cross. And then finally, Savior, teach us so to rise. Because on Easter morning, this is so one of the traditions that came in the United States, when they, they moved the Easter vigil to the sunrise, because apparently farmers liked getting up early more than staying up late. They started the sunrise service, and originally, many churches were on the same property as cemeteries. And so they began the service in the cemetery. And they did the traditional burial rite. And then they would process from there into the sanctuary for the full Easter celebration. Why? Because the one who has learned to die as Jesus died also learns that they will rise as he has risen. He went to the cross to conquer death. And because he has conquered death, death is conquered for you. See, the thing is, is that Jesus, we, pr we pray to our God and he may say no to our desires. And it may mean difficulty in this life. And yes, it may mean even death. But for a Christian, death is not the end. Even if we die, we rise. Luther even made the quote, he said, I do not fear the one who could cut my head off because I know one who could grow it right back. Because of Christ's sacrifice, that agony in the garden, we learn to pray, to suffer, to die, and yes, you will rise on the last day your body, glorious, mighty, as it was always meant to be. So keep watch, be in prayer, be in scripture for the day that that comes. In his name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.